Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. Speaking of Travel is brought to you by Appalachian Realty. They've been helping people call Asheville home since 1979. And remember, be sure to visit the all new Speaking of Travel website. It's a great place to see some really lovely photos and stories about our guests, and you can. Click right on and listen to the podcast. No passport required. Remember that. And remember, you can listen anytime, anywhere in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. Well, you know, travel is full of some major decisions, like where to visit, how much to spend, and when to stop waiting, and finally just go. I mean, there are so many options. Really, if you have the time and some money, you can go almost anywhere in the whole wide world. Whether you've traveled before or you've never left your own hometown, making the decision where to go is always step number one. Well, my guest today, is Elizabeth Blair. She's a senior producer and reporter with NPR's Art Desk, and she gets to travel for her work, and she loves to travel just for fun. And for three and a half years, Elizabeth lived in Paris, where she co-produced Le Jazz Club from Paris with Dee Dee Bridgewater and the monthly magazine Postcard from Paris. Ooh la la, welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Hi, Marilyn. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited. What a fun, like, career you've put yourself into, right? I know, especially the way you describe it. I, I'm thinking, yes, that was me, uh, you know, count your blessings. I it, know. It, so, Elizabeth, where did you start out? Where, where were you born and raised? And, and let me ask you, I always like to find out, did you travel when you were a kid? Oh, you know, the, the traveling we did as a family when I was growing up in the D.C. area was to the Chesapeake Bay. Um, it was my father had a sailboat, and it was his passion. And so we would take these family trips sailing on the Chesapeake Bay, which now sounds idyllic. And really, it was sort of best of times, worst of times growing up, um, because when you're, you know, 8, 9, 10, and you're stuck on a boat with your family for a week— at the time, you're thinking, this, I'd rather be anywhere but here. Um, but in retrospect, how lucky I was, because the Chesapeake Bay is, is beautiful. Um, it's, it's serene. It's varied. Uh, it's got a great history. Um, so, so, yeah, we, most of the traveling was uh, pretty close to home. That's so funny. You know, I, I've heard people talk, too, about, oh, you know, we didn't travel too much, but we'd be, you know, all the kids would get pack in the car and we'd, you know, take off to grandma's house. And she lived three states away. And, you know, it seemed like, uh, get me out of this car with these siblings and we're fighting. And, and today they're like, oh, those are the best memories. <laughs> right. That's right. Exactly. Changed my life. Right. That's right. That's right. So yeah, I can remember lots of fights, but lots of joy. I bet. And being out on the water, I'm sure that, you know, just having oh, that yeah. windblown hair. <laughs> That's right. So what did you end up doing? Did you uh, stay around the D.C. area when you graduated and went to college? Sure. What was going on? 
Well, I have a kind of checkered history, checkered past, I think. Um, I went to the University of Maryland um, and majored in journalism and French. Um, and then after graduating, I went to to France for a year, studied French um, in at the University of Nice, which is sort of like going to the University of Florida, if you think about it. Um, and then I came back and immediately got a job working with NPR. Um, it was you know, a very entry-level position here, um, but it was kind of always where I wanted to work, uh, because as you know, radio, I mean, even though it's sort of a 1D medium, you can do so much with it, right? You can, a lot is left to the imagination. Um, so, I, you know, this is what I always wanted to do. And so I've, I've moved around a lot um, throughout my public radio career. I lived in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I lived in New York City. Um, and then I went back to Paris um, and lived there for three years, um, producing Le Jazz Club from Paris and another show called Postcard from Paris. So, yeah, it's been, I mean, radio's been good to me. You I know, would I've say so. I know. And I love the idea that you were able to go to Paris after you'd been there, studied French, came back. I mean, things just kind of worked out for you, didn't they? They did. They did. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah. So let me ask you, was it your idea? Like, were you sitting around in the boardroom one day going, hmm, I have this idea. What if I go to Paris and do this show and live there? (laughs) No. Well, so the the Jazz Club already existed. It had been um, syndicated for about... A couple of years uh, when I moved to Paris, and you know, I know it was a small company that I worked for, um, and I, but they did have a grant from the French government to uh, produce and distribute cultural programs. And since France, you know, had a long history of kind of a welcoming American jazz musicians, you know, at a time many of them you know, who were African-American, couldn't get work in the United States. Uh, Paris was all too willing. You know, they loved French, the French love jazz. Um, and there are many jazz clubs throughout the city, um, awesome jazz clubs. Um, you, you know, the, the, some of the iconic images are, are of um, the, the jazz clubs that are sort of down below in the cellar, you know, with these stone walls, sort of curved stone walls. And, um but there, there are several, many modern, old, you know, current, hip, all kinds of different jazz clubs. And um, the talent that you can see there on any given night is phenomenal. Um, and so this company had this idea to do, lo- you know, record these concerts and package them into a, a radio show. And Dee Dee Bridgewater was li- living there at the time as well. And so she agreed to host it. Um, so it was it was unbelievable. I mean, honestly, it was, uh, we got to listen to fantastic music, uh, you know, almost several nights a week and, um, and then turn it into a show that people really appreciated. I mean, American listeners of jazz really appreciated. Elizabeth, I'm just, my mouth is open, girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, that is awesome. It is, so it is. were you living in a, in a like Paris apartment while you were there? I was. Um, I lived, in fact, uh, in Montmartre, which is, you know, up there on the hill. Uh, it's, you can see the, uh, it's the Basilique. It's this huge uh, 
church, I mean, massive church that's at the top, and you, the view, you can sort of look over the, the city, and it wasn't an old, I'm, I'm sure the building I lived in was, you know, 19th century, um, you know, very beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful city, uh, and with, you know, narrow streets um, and, you know, fresh fruit and vegetable markets and uh, culture every corner, everywhere you turn. Um, you know, it's, it's a city that, that loves art and loves food and loves fashion. And, yeah, no, you just kind of can't go wrong there. I mean, obviously, it's changed a lot. I mean, it's been a long time since I lived there, and I you know, with the um, the terrorist attacks, I think I've heard that France has really changed a lot, um, and that you know the streets are kind of lined with you know mm. uh, police, military, and with machine guns. So I think that I was really lucky to be there when I was, um, and I plan to go back. That wouldn't you know deter me from going back, um, but I do think it's it's uh, people are on alert more than they ever have been. Obviously. Well, I can just imagine you. I'm wondering if your feet ever even touched the ground <laughs> the whole <laughs> exactly. time you were there. Well yeah. Oh, my God. Well, when we come back from the break, Elizabeth, I want to talk a little bit about where, how, when you came back from Paris and how your um, traveling kept going, yeah. and not just for your work but for your personal life, too. You do a lot of traveling. Yes, I do. That is, it might sound a little less romantic than France, but but I, I've loved it nonetheless. Well, your passion for travel is what's coming through, and I just love that. So when we come back from the break, let's pick up right here and talk more about it. Great. All right. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball, your host of Speaking of Travel. We'll be back right after the break with Elizabeth Blair. Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish-language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in western North Carolina. Ola Carolina magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract in Engage and connect with Latino customers. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. And remember, Speaking of Travel is brought to you by Appalachian Realty. So if you're looking at coming to Asheville or you live here now and you want to buy a house or a farm or a condo, go over to Arlington Street right off of Charlotte Street to their cute little bungalow and 
talk to the folks over at Appalachian Realty. They can really help you out. And remember, visit the all-new Speaking of Travel website, and you'll find some podcasts and photos and really great information about travel. And you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. Well, joining me today is my guest, Elizabeth Blair. Elizabeth is with Public Radio. She's been traveling a lot in her career. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here today. Thanks, Marilyn. It's great to be here. What a great show you have. Oh, thank you. Well, I love to travel, and sometimes we just can't pick up and go. So hearing other people's stories just fills my heart. Oh, that's great. Like living vicariously. It yes, I know is. what you mean. <laughs> right. And, you know, one thing that I've discovered in all these years of, of talking to people about travel is the the way that travel seems to um, change your life in some ways. You might not know it at that time. Like you were saying before the break about being on the sailboat with your family and, you know, being able to look back on that time and go, you know, that was kind of cool. And it kind of set me up for wanting to do more or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Every trip, I think, uh, is, an, is kind of a learning opportunity, even if you're going for it for just for fun. You know, changing it up, changing the scenery. It, you, you, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm getting ready to go on a little trip tomorrow and, you know, in state, not too far, just down to the coast. And sometimes I feel kind of anxious before I go like, you know, I really yes. want to go, but I don't want to step out of my little, you know, comfort zone. Comfort zone. <laughs> Everything is so familiar here. When I go there, it's going to be different. What's that like? I mean, what was it like when you were living in France? You you had lived there before, but did you have sometimes some anxiety that, oh, I'm not sure I know what I'm doing here? Well, that's an interesting question because when I lived there, because I lived there and I had all of my belongings and I was, you know, I had reached a, a point where I knew where to go and how to get what I needed. I didn't have the anxiety, but I definitely have the anxiety before trips um, where you think, um, you know, just the unknown from everything, you know, the obvious like the weather to uh, did I pick the right hotel uh, to, you know, am I going to be able to eat what I want? <laughs> you know, um, yeah, no, I definitely have that anxiety you were just talking about uh, before even some of the smallest trips to, you know, a nearby state. Well, you, you, you're kind of like, I'm not sure I'm going to fit in here or know where yeah. to go. And sometimes those little things become big things and it's not until you go and you do it and you go wow that was so much fun <laughs> yes that's true that's true um i you know sure i have plenty of stories where i went thinking oh you know this is really not my first choice if it's a work-related trip um and then i go and just the people you know you learn to experience how other people are living and what their concerns are and you get outside of your yourself um, and that's I think something that I love about traveling is that you know depending on where you are people have different concerns and different habits and different uh, you know ways of finding joy and you know it's uh, it's it's so important it is and and I know for myself that I've 
that then I feel even more open and understanding that people are people wherever you go. Mm, absolutely. So now you have a family. You you came back, I guess, after the Paris trip, right? And then you settled back into D.C. Is that what happened? I uh, settled back into D.C. and boy, I did. Then I did move around quite a bit. Actually, um, I went. I lived in Winston Salem and worked in public radio there, Winston Salem, North Carolina. And then I moved to New York City, lived there for a couple of years. Um, oh, I'm sorry. You were asking about when I moved. Oh, back. yeah, but, but sorry. Like that's said, okay my, because my, that my, is... I, I have such a checkered past. I can't even keep up with my own life sometimes. But yes, I did settle back into D.C. and um, got married, and now I have a 12-year-old, and um, we have lots of trips we'd like to take and, and many trips that we've already taken. Um, and I don't know, you want to hear about uh, one of our favorite ones? Or? I do, and, I, and also I, I'm curious to how you even decide as a yeah. family where you're going to go. Uh, not easy. Not easy. My husband has one idea of the ideal trip. I have another idea. And then there's our, you know, our son. Um, my husband is definitely more interested in going to cities where there, he'll be intellectually stimulated and there will be galleries and there will, there will be a good music scene. He's a jazz lover. So, you know, he, he, if, I mean, there isn't a lot of jazz in a lot of some of the rural areas that I like to go. So, um, I like I'm I'm athletic and I like to bike and and take long walks and I want sort of a combination of urban and country. Um so yeah, it's it's tricky. Um I think one of the best trips we took uh was to Ireland this past summer because we did get a combination of um big big city and then, you know, tiny dirt roads. Uh and We've been to Vermont. Um, that was a terrific trip for, for its own reasons. Um, we've been to Florida to visit my parents several times, and that you know comes with some <laughs> some baggage and some you know best of time, back to that best of times, worst of times. Um, I just took my son to Los Angeles. That was a trip. My son, husband was not interested in going to Los Angeles. Um, we tried, but we agreed. You know, if, why spend the money if he wasn't really going? If it wasn't high on his bucket list, you know. Um, but it was a terrific trip. Um, because I think Los Angeles is a tough city, right? You have to, you really have to plan, and it kind of takes a while to get from A to B, so you can't overdo how much you try to accomplish in a day. Um, but we went bike riding, we went to Disneyland, we went um, kind of all over, and both of us were exhausted by the end of it, but it was uh, well worth it. And was that the first time he had been out that way? Out to L.A.? Mm -hmm. Right. And I've only been to Los Angeles a couple of times, and they were both work trips. And you can't really do much when you go to L.A. because it's so spread out um, that this was kind of the first time I think I enjoyed the city. Well, it sounds like you had so much fun. Was there anything there in particular that just was like, oh, my God, this was the best part of L.A.? You know, the beach I have to say, the beach of Los Angeles, you know, Santa Monica, Venice Beach, it's beautiful. It's huge. It's, there's a bike path that goes along the water. I mean, you know, your listeners may already know this, but, you know, for me, you, you think of L.A., of, of Disneyland and the studios and all of that, but the beach is just 
gorgeous. Um, and, you know, people swim in it. I mean, I was wondering if it was polluted, but no, there were a lot of surfers. And um, we even saw a seal out there swimming, mm-hmm. you know, along the shoreline. Um, and there's the old amusement park, you know, with the big Ferris wheel there. And the landscape with the, you know, the mountains, uh, it's really, it's breathtaking, I think. It is. It's like scenic overload sometimes. People don't even realize it. It's like a whole nother world just going across the country. Yes. Wow. Well, Elizabeth, when we come back from the break, I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about this Ireland trip, because Ireland has been on my bucket list for quite some time. And I'd like to hear how you guys plan that and what kind of, you know, I was talking about that in the beginning of of the show, too, is, you know, when you get ready to go, knowing where you want to go is kind of step number one. But then from there, it's planning all the little details around it. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I know. And sometimes your friends who've been there are your best resource. Well, there you go. So let's pick up right there when we come back from the break. Great. All right. Well, this is Marilyn Ball, your host of Speaking of Travel. We're here with Elizabeth Blair. We'll be back right after the break. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish-language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in western North Carolina. Ola Carolina magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract in Engage and connect with Latino customers. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is your host, Marilyn Ball, and you're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. And remember, Speaking of Travel is brought to you by Appalachian Realty, and they've been helping people call Asheville home since 1979. That's a good long time, so they know their real estate. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. Well, joining me today is Elizabeth Blair. I'm so excited having you on the show today, Elizabeth, because you've been you've been out traveling for your work in public radio. You've done a lot of um, traveling for your for just for yourself, having fun. I love the trip to L.A. What a great time. You know, my daughter used to live in L.A., so we used to go to Santa Monica. Well, I did to visit her, and it was 
it was like the two best places, you know, Santa Monica and Asheville. How could it get better than that, right? <laughs> oh, no kidding. Asheville, I mean, you know, I didn't mention this earlier, but Asheville is one of our favorite family trips. Um, in fact, this past spring break, my husband wanted to go to Asheville, but um, I wanted to go to Los Angeles. And so we made that tough decision to kind of be apart that week. Uh, but no, you, you live in one of the most beautiful parts of uh, the world, honestly. Um, it's, it is a treat to go to Asheville. Well, I've always heard a little comparison with Ireland and Asheville. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Western North Carolina has a very strong Scott. Irish history. So, you know, the music, uh, you know, the dance, there's there's a lot of cultural and historical uh, connections and similarities. Tell us a little bit about this trip to Ireland. Did you uh, sit down together as a family and say, let's go to Ireland? Yes, it was very, I mean, my husband loves Ireland um, and had never really spent a good chunks time there. And so he sort of led the charge and did a lot of the planning. Um, but, I, you know, I got in there, too, because, you know, we wanted that mix of relaxation and culture, um, you know, not to feel rushed in, in what we did. I think that's that's what, you know, we've made that mistake before. Um, so, yeah, we kind of literally got the map out and you know, knew we would fly into Dublin. Um, we do have friends who live in Wicklow, which is a beautiful uh, city n- not too far from Dublin, like an hour south of Dublin. Um, and so they helped us a lot, too, with, with some of the planning. Um, we, I have a colleague who, who has relatives um, from Goline, and Goline is like, if you look at the a map of Ireland, it is southwest. I mean, the and the mizzen head is the most southwesterly point of Ireland. I mean, it's like this bit of land that juts out um, from the mainland. And, you know, he said, you just have to go. It's not something that gets um, publicized in the way that Dublin or um, Galway or, you know, some of the other parts of Ireland do. Um, And so we took this long drive there. So we would never have known about Goline and going to the Mizzenhead um, without talk, just talking to people who'd been there, you know. Um, so, so yeah, it was a really spectacular trip, and we rented a car, which was terrifying. Um, I, my husband drove the whole time, even though I got my international driver's license. Um, it's everything they say. The roads are really narrow, and people drive really fast on the wrong side of the road. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> so, lots, of, lots of laughter, lots of tears around the driving, um, but... Boy, it is some spectacular uh, scenery. Um, you know, have you heard of the Wild Atlantic Way? Um, that's a, I guess it's a road that um, the government built not, not that long ago, within the last decade, I think, that goes along the coast, uh, along the Atlantic, and it is literally like uh, another world. I mean, it's... It is breathtaking. It is um, n- not spoiled at all. Um, it, yeah, I, I'll remember it forever. And tell me again what that is called? It's called the Wild Atlantic Way. So it's a road that goes along the west coast of Ireland. It's narrow. I mean, there are some, like, hairy turns. And, um, you know, it's 
it's pretty scary, but they do have these huge tour buses that go along these you know, we we actually did do a tour bus one day, um, and I was really happy we did because some of these roads, you just can't believe these buses can get around. Um, but, you know, it's very rocky. It's very dramatic. Uh, you, know, the, you know, the waves crash along the rocks uh, below you. Um, I remember uh, the tour bus driver played Enya. You remember that Enya song that was on the radio? You know, and I mean, it was on the radio all the time. And so I got a little sick of it back in the day, Um, but he played it. And you're just like, this is a dream. This is my Irish dream, right? Is looking at this, you know, you know, for as far as I can see, rocky cliffs, and yeah, it was very funny. <laughs> that is such a great scene. So tell me about your son a little bit, because you said he was 12. So, you know, when you're traveling with him now, he's like close to a teenage young yeah. man. Yeah. Um, are you finding well, that he's like into the whole yeah, yeah, trip? Tricky. He is. He is. Um and there's a lot, you know, we were talking about the anxiety, pre-trip anxiety. Definitely, it's a lot around my son. Like, is he going to appreciate this? Are we going to spend all this money and then have him just want to f- find the local closest video store, you know, wherever we are? Um, but, yes, he does, and he appreciates the things you might not imagine that he would appreciate. He's a young 12-year-old, so we are lucky in that he does get excited about, you know, in Wicklow, for example, we visited this um, historic jail, right? It's in this really haunting, <laughs> dreadful building, um, you know, with these really kind of creepy stories of, of and sad stories of these prisoners who li- who were there. Um, but, you know, he loved it, right? It's, you know, he had a friend with him, and they just thought it was like the coolest thing ever to, you know, see where these yeah. people had lived and, uh, you know. So, um, oh, it so, sounds... No, he's a good, pretty good traveler. He's it good sounds traveler. great that he... Uh, and that you're putting some uh, thought, too, into, uh, you know, not just taking the tour, but doing things that would um, be of interest to him. Yeah. And to definitely. all of you. Yeah. Yes. And not to structure it, not to over plan so that he... So that we can switch gears if he's not into something, which happens right. plenty. Well, when you traveled out to L.A., was that uh, one of the first times that you or do you travel just alone with him as a rule or was that a no, unique situation? This is the first trip. This oh. is the first trip that he and I took alone. Although, I, I mean, we've been to my parents' house yeah. in Florida, um, uh, the, just the two of us um, together because I can only ask my husband to go to Florida <laughs> so much. Nothing against Florida, but it's just not high on his list and he's done it and all that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, this was the first sort of adventure that we took together. Um, and it was great. And I definitely knew not to overdo anything. Like, I, if it, I, I had been by myself, I might have done one or two museums. Um, it, you know, I might have gone to a couple of comedy clubs. Um, <laughs> didn't do that this time. Right. But it sounds like you had a really balanced trip where you were able to do some fun things that were interesting to him and fun for him, but also that were great fun for both of you. Right. Disneyland was for him more than me. (laughs) Right. I would imagine so. Well, listen, Elizabeth, when we come back, I want to pick up right here, but I also want to talk a little bit more about what you do for your work and some of the places that, uh, that you've been and also... 
some of the places maybe you could recommend for my listeners to go if they're thinking about doing some traveling? Great. That would be awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's really been a lot of fun. Likewise. <laughs> hey, this is Marilyn Baugh. You're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. And remember, visit the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net. And Go to the Facebook page. There you can find podcasts and photos and lots of great stories as well. That's Speaking of Travel Facebook page. Well, we'll be back right after the break with my guest, Elizabeth Blair. So stay tuned. Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish-language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in western North Carolina. Ola Carolina magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract in Engage and connect with Latino customers. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and you're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. And remember, if you're looking for real estate and you're in Asheville, North Carolina, you need to go visit my good friends over at Appalachian Realty because I'm telling you, those folks can really help you out in finding your perfect place. You know, they've been here since 1979, so they really know this region better than most. So visit AppalachianRealty.com. And remember, visit SpeakingOfTravel.net, and you'll find links to all the past podcasts and some stories and great photos. Well, we're here today with my guest, Elizabeth Blair. And Elizabeth, this has just been such a pleasure talking to you about travel for your job, for your pleasure, with your family. What a fun what a fun life you live. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I need to remind myself that you every day. You do. <laughs> you know, we have to wake up and go, wow, this That's right. is nice. So, <laughs> let's not let the little things get us down because we, I have done some, been able to take some really amazing trips. I feel very fortunate. I know. So tell us a little bit about, you. You're, we've talked a bit about Ireland and Los Angeles and some, you know, family things that you've done. You were in Paris for your work. But give us some ideas of some of the other, like, exciting places that you get to go and some of these new adventures that come your way that are like, oh, my God, I'm doing this. Yeah. So, yes, I mean, I am very lucky that I literally, I cover the arts 
um, for NPR, for public radio. And um, very recently, one of uh, my favorite stories, all-time stories, is um, the artist Yayoi Kusama. Uh, she's a Japanese artist. She's um, in her 80s now, and she... The show is called um, Infinity Rooms. Um, in, beginning in the 60s, she made this, these rooms. I mean, they're literally enclosed spaces that are lined with mirrors. Ceilings are mirrors, the walls are mirrors, the floor is a mirror. And then she would hang these lights or she would um, make these, like, fluorescent yellow and black pumpkins or, I mean, just crazy, crazy objects that she would put place in these rooms to create the effect of infinity. And, you know, when I heard about this, I was a little skeptical that I would feel that. But sure enough, when you walk into these rooms and, you know, they close the door, you because of the mirrors, you, things go on and on forever, right? You don't know what you can touch or what is out of reach. And they are really special. I mean, it is, it's, it is an experience. I mean, you are in the arts. And um, the show is at the, it's currently at the Hirshhorn in, it's part of the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C., but it will be traveling. It'll be at the Seattle Art Museum. It'll be at the Broad in Los Angeles. Uh, it'll be in Toronto, Cleveland, Atlanta, at the High Museum of Art. So it, I mean, if you can only take one trip and you're an art lover, I mean, even if you're not an art lover, I highly recommend it. Um, I know it's very popular and it can be hard to get tickets, but it's well worth it. Um, she's really an interesting person um, and has, she really wants people to kind of think of themselves, think that we're all just specks in the universe. That's a big thing with her. We're just one polka dot in a big <laughs> bad world, right? Right. But, and to think about that is it, it's kind of more than just the art and it's beautiful and it's um, clearly she is, you know, she is a true artist with true skills, um, but she really wants to connect with people in, in a special way, and that was one of my favorite stories. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So when you're working on a story like this, do you actually – so you go and you, you visit the exhibit, and do you have an opportunity to, to talk to the artists as well? Usually I do. In this case, I did not um, because she's – you know, in her 80s um, and actually living, uh, she lives by choice in um, a mental institution. She did not travel to the U.S. for this, for the opening. Um, but, you know, she's written a beautiful biography. So I did read the biography and I interviewed the curators who, who both had met her um, on their own travels to to Tokyo. Um, so that was, that was sort of unfortunate that I didn't get to meet her. Uh, but there's a lot of information about her. And I interviewed a gallerist who was her first gallerist in New York, you know, in the experimental New York scene in the 1960s. Um, and he was terrific to talk to. He really knew her and understood her. So. Mm. But usually I do try to, you know, usually, yes, I do talk to the artist if, um, if they're still alive. <laughs> right. So what are some of the other places, you know, I... I'm always looking for some, you know, maybe a short trip. Where could I go, um, you know, to get a little culture maybe and, you know, see something that I haven't seen and maybe not even have to travel that far? Um, yeah. What, well, what would you say? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, far, of course, is relative, right? Well, yes, I mean, exactly. <laughs> and, and plus, there in Asheville, I mean, you all are spoiled. You do have a place. I mean, as you know, it's a destination for people around the world. Um, so, you know, the, there's a high bar there for for people who live in Asheville, I think. Um, but one of my favorite trips um, is to Montreal for the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. And it, you know, there are people who, you know, are stand-up comedian groupies, right? Even if you're not one of them, I highly recommend um, this Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. It's at the end of July, every summer. It's, I think, the biggest comedy festival in the world, and literally the streets of Montreal are turned over to every kind of comedian you can imagine, from like Weird Al Yankovic to... Um, a cabaret performer to clowns, you know, for kids. Um, And it's a bilingual comedy festival. So there's, I mean, literally two festivals going on at once. There are French comedians and French performers in the streets and English language performers in the streets. And someone told me once that the French people, the French speaking people who go, don't even know that there's an English language festival going on, even though some of our biggest comedians, Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr, you know, even though they are there. So wow. I always thought that was kind of funny. Um, and it's just a great city, too. I mean, it, it, it has a lot of clubs, a lot of restaurants. Um, and it, I mean, I was really, really lucky because I was going as a journalist, so I got to go to some of these shows for free, but I've, I looked at the prices. It's not unreasonable. Um, it's, it's not outrageous. And there's so much going on that's free um, that you could easily take a trip there, just pay for, you know, one show, but, but reap the benefits of, of all the free stuff going on. Wow, that sounds great. In fact, I'm putting it on my calendar because I actually just took a stand-up comedian for beginners class. Oh, great. So I love it. You know, Asheville actually has a really large comedy subculture going on now. And the idea of having so many comedians in one place like that, I don't know. That would be just too much fun. I mean, and God bless them. I mean, what would we do without them? Because these days we need a lot of laughs. I mean, right. I, I, it's one of my favorite areas to cover is, is comedy because I think they're some of the smartest people among us. Yay. Well, let me ask you in the time that we have left, uh, what's on your bucket list? Give me an idea of what's oh on your gosh. bucket list, Elizabeth. What is on my bucket list? Uh, what's reality and what is, like, within reason? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would love to go to Vietnam. I mean, I, you know, but I don't know if it's it's within reach. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the history, the photos, the culture, I would love to go to Vietnam. Um, but I haven't done a whole lot of research yet um, to figure out when, where, and how I would do it. Um, but I think that that's pretty high on my list. Well, what I would do like you to have? Go back to Fran- go ahead. Oh, go back to France. Well, yeah, that would always be yeah. good, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit more within reach. Um, but, but I would like to go. I haven't been in a while. Well, where are you going next? Like, what's on your agenda next for your? This- <laughs> That's so funny. It's like, where am I going next? I'm going back to my desk to finish uh. the story. <laughs> no, but um, where am I going next? Let me think. Uh, where are we going next? Uh, we're going to Rehoboth Beach for, well, that uh, be fun. for a week. Um, a lot of, you know, just reading, downtime, chilling. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to Minnesota in 
August, believe it or not. We're going near Fargo, Minnesota. We're going to a language camp. Um, it's like a family camp where they teach uh, French, Spanish, Russian, Chinese. And so for a week, it's language immersion. Wow. Right yeah, there in Minnesota? Yes, yes, in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. I didn't say that. I hope they're not listening. No, it of looks course. beautiful. It's on a lake. Yeah, it um, sounds but it's lovely. Concordia College um, is uh, it's a liberal arts college, and every summer they do these language camps. So we're going to immerse ourselves. Great idea. Yeah. So the three of you are going. Yes. Oh, yes. fun. Well, Elizabeth, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. It's been so much fun, and it's great to kind of talk. Radio oh, to radio, you. you know, and, and hear you. your it's stories. Fun. I know, and fun is what it's all about, right? That's right. And really, your show is, is such a great service for people who, who don't know what they're doing. And really, you, you got to talk to people and find out what they've done to really for guidance, you know. Absolutely. And so keep it up. All right. Well, thanks. And we'll do it again. I would love to keep up with you. Great. All right, Elizabeth. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. I want you to go out and have a great week. And remember, don't postpone joy. Really?